welcome to a festive edition of Look Who's Talking, Christmassy chat all about Christchurch New Malden and the exciting things going on here. I'm Anna Larkin and here on the show this month I have regulars Stephen Kurt. Hello. And Nathan Larkin. Hey there. Plus our special guest for this month, um, leader of the Connections Group for Women and singer at our services, Heather Perrin. Hello. In this Christmas edition of the show, we'll take advantage of Heather being here to talk about connections, what it is and what it does. And then we'll also talk about singing in the services. Um, Heather sings particularly at the 11 o'clock service and the issues involved in this. But in addition, we'll get all Christmassy talking about the nativity plays that recently occurred down at Christchurch School and then the various special services that we have coming up at Christchurch over Christmas. Uh, But let's begin by talking about Connections, which is a fortnightly group for women which meets here at Christchurch on Wednesday mornings. Um, Now, I think Connections was established in 1977 and it's changed its name three times. Is that right, Heather? Yes, that's right. So it was initially, it was Wednesday Wives and then it became Wednesday Women and then um and then connections did you just run yes. out of words that began with a w <laughs> <laughs> no we were uh, told fairly smartly by a, a younger member that wednesday women was a dreadful dreadful name <laughs> <laughs> and i suppose wednesday wives excludes anyone who's not a wife <laughs> absolutely well that's why they changed the wives bit. oh is it mm. yeah. yes because we had some women coming who were single unmarried right um but uh, no we we had a sort of radical rethink about seven years ago and one of our younger members came up with this and and those of us who had been wednesday women for a long time said what on earth's wrong with it it's fine <laughs> we've had it for years it sounded quite it's feminist really, really. wednesday women you know yeah. Yeah. made it sound quite yes. a feminist movement really <laughs> <laughs> so that's why we became connections and yes. uh, when did you join connections or, you know, whatever it was called well, at the time. I joined Wednesday Wives when I had my first baby in 1982. I used to live in Connaught Road and um, when we first moved here and I was working and every now and again I'd have a Wednesday off and I could see all these young mothers going in and mm. out of all the houses and I thought, I wonder what's going on there. Discovered it was a Bible study group. Yeah. Um, and so when I finished work in 1982 and had babies, I joined in. So, so how many houses? I mean, it was all down one street in Connaught Road then, was it? It was, right. yes. One house we met all together to start with and I think two or three of the Bible study groups met in different rooms there, bedrooms and things. One of the houses had the creche which was divided into two and two of the other houses also had Bible study groups. We'd all we'd wow. have a time all together and then all split up and go into the other houses. So it was great for me because I lived in the middle of Connaught Road but I think for a lot of people who needed to come by car it was probably a nightmare. Yes and I bet Connaught Road didn't know what had hit it <laughs> every <laughs> other Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I, I don't know how the other people reacted. They didn't. They didn't. Uh, when did it? Complain. When did it shift then, Heather, to Christchurch? Lounge? It shifted when the person who had the crash um, needed to go into hospital for a, an operation, and so we couldn't have the crash at her house, and so we moved down to church. And it was it was better really, mm. um, because people could park and people knew how to get there, and mm. yeah. it was more central. It's fascinating. It's often in when kind of changes are forced because of a circumstance yes. like that that mm. then you learn i mean we've had that with the flooding of the parish halls mm. there's a whole you know they're almost almost um, ready to be moved back into but um there's a load of groups that you all of a sudden i'm thinking we've really enjoyed having it in the lounge or being closer to the church and yeah. yes yeah. yes but yeah so that's when you move to the lounge and, and so what was what was the group set up to achieve in the first place what was it kind of who was it for obviously for women but what, sta- yes, what were you trying to do it was started by a group of young mothers who wanted to do bible study um 
Women's Own had been going, I think, for quite a long time. Well, just time. a word of warning. Women's Own started as a group of young mothers. Yes, yeah. <laughs> 1946. Most of them are still going. But in your defence, yes. you do still have babies at women. We at do still women, have babies. Uh, um, yes. Yeah, yes. Connections, don't you? Actually, I think until really quite recently, there was a board outside every Women's Own that said there was a crash available, yep. which used to tickle oh. me pink. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do Biblical have some precedent. babies. Uh, But it was started, yeah, by a group of young mothers who wanted to do um, Bible study together rather than a devotional meeting. Um, And that's why it started in in the house of the people who started it in Connaught Road, really. Okay, right. Um, And then um, how many people would you say that you get now on a a Wednesday? I'm sure it varies, but on average... It does. We've got a pretty solid core of about um, 25. We've probably got... 35, 40 on the books, but people can't always make it. So generally, it's about 25. It's a good mixture of ages, isn't it? It's and, a good uh, mixture. And also um, different Race, races. races. Yeah. Yes, we've got Korean people, Japanese, Chinese, Indian. We've, yes, got a lot. And different ages, mm. yes. Mm. I When I joined Wednesday Women, well, Wednesday Wives it was then, one of the things I really enjoyed was that there were people of all ages. And mm. so there were other mothers that I could have a general complain about my children too (laughs) and find some sort of sympathy but there were older ones too who could just gently give you quite a lot of encouragement and advice from a having been there point of view. Yeah and and done quite a lot Um, pastorally to support people I remember um, Carolyn Lucas telling me that when her daughter Sophie was born and was very dangerously ill uh, when she was born that uh, it was the Wednesday women who dropped around meals for several weeks and that and that sort of thing. Yes, um, so it was a, it was a much bigger group in those days. And actually, that's the first time I met Carolyn when I took a meal around. Right. Oh, yeah. So, you know, all these things are it, it's something that you can do. But there are mm. great benefits mm. to it as well for all of us, I think. And then now your meetings, um, you still split up into smaller groups for Bible study, don't you? Yes, we have a time all together. Uh, coffee, which is always obligatory in these things. Uh, And um, then we have a time all together and then we split up into groups. And one of the differences now in connections from Wednesday Women is Wednesday Women, we all used to do the same Bible study from the same book um, at the same time. Uh, And now we have four groups and they study different things in different ways. So um, Lynn Matic leads a group that... uh, follows a dvd course they watch a dvd right. film and then they have a discussion based mm, on that cool. um vicky field and jill Mosquera lead a group which is much more personal devotion um and meditation based on a, a short passage of the bible um my group uh is basically going through the sort of basics of christianity um it was aimed really at women who who were fairly early on in their faith walk right um but they're a lot more mature now but yeah it, it's it, it i always benefit mm. and mm. i've been a christian for more years than i could care to tell you <laughs> you're a vicar's um, daughter aren't you absolutely Heather? it's <laughs> in the blood isn't it <laughs> 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 uh, though it's not in the blood. <laughs> um moving on um but i mean i i love going over the basics and I always mm. learn something new from it and I always learn something new from uh, what everybody else says they've found in a mm. passage yeah. you know new eyes bring a whole yeah. new perspective on things don't they so that's my group and uh, who have we left out Anita Ferrero she um, does a, a, a very deep and intellectual study uh, mm. uh, from a book 
the sort of classic like right, builder yep. books mm. she does in a in a much more intelligent way than it's cool well I actually I went to Connections not mm. for very long yes, but um, after I graduated from university and before I started work um, I had quite I had a really long summer it was really nice I had a few months so I went to Connections just for that time and then because it, it, a Wednesday morning is, is brilliant you it obviously suits a lot of people because you get mm. a lot of people every time but it doesn't suit people who would be at work at that time so sadly I had to no, stop but no. I I really enjoyed enjoyed it enjoyed meeting everyone and then mm. with the different groups you really do have something for everyone don't you you there's bound to be something that would suit yes, anyone anyone I, who I, turned up that that's that was the aim really mm. to provide different sorts of bible study for different ages and you know sometimes people just want to change mm. um it's far more the culture that we're living in though isn't yes, it, it that, is. that actually people have got used to choice and Whereas, you know, 30, uh, 30 years ago, the idea of all the groups studying the same thing mm. would not have seemed unusual at all. Yeah. Um, these days, I think one of the, the demands of Christian ministry is that people expect, and in some ways we're much better off for this, uh, stuff to be tailored in, in more of a way that they can, they can relate to more easily. Yeah. Um, and in actual fact, you know, we have three uh, women's groups uh, meeting during the week now, which are all doing slightly different approaches on a, on a broader level. You know, Women's Own, as mentioned earlier, uh, is, is, is like a, a church service, really, yeah. mm. uh, run by women, uh, for women. You know, they have a hymn, they have a talk, they have notices, um, they have several hymns, actually, they have prayers. Um, mm. And then you've got even more, which is somewhere between a toddler group and a Bible study group, I yeah. guess. We've, we've, we've talked about that before. But we deliberately uh, have even more on the Wednesdays that Connections doesn't meet so that actually people can go to Because there, yeah. there are people who Helen go to Collins, both, yeah. I think, yes. is in both, isn't yeah. she? Yeah. And Maitre. And Katie. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've obviously never <laughs> attended, um, but I have been through the lounge. Uh, you have been asked to speak. Well, maybe well, I maybe. have, actually. Yes, you have spoken. I have. Yeah, yeah, so that's true. I have attended. Well, obviously, but, um, not at a normal meeting, then. It must have been one of the... Because you have all-together meetings, don't you? Is it the start of every term or the end of every yes. term that you have... Uh, at the start and the end, actually, oh, do you? we have all together meetings. Um, and I think you came, Nathan, when we had a, some of the summer lunches. We've yes, had it a panel was. Yeah. four, haven't we? That's right. And, and I think I, think I got some came. lunch as well, which was nice. But, um, <laughs> but you yeah, got, yes, you got me like to do a talk snow. recently when a speaker didn't turn up and I had to improvise. Yeah. <laughs> mm. The thing yes, that struck me was that um, even though it was in the, the lounge, and even though you kind of split up into uh, smaller groups and that, it's still very much had the feeling of a of a kind of home group it it um it didn't feel you know churchy in a way that, no. that it, it could in a in being here but no it still felt quite intimate and relaxed it's and interesting isn't it when i took it over i felt a bit um convicted that we were down to about 24 and you know in its heyday wednesday wives used to be probably about 60 okay wow. and i strived long and hard to get more people in and eventually was brought up short and really god said to me you've got to stop wanting all these extra numbers you've got to look after the people that you've got mm. and there's a big advantage in only having that sort of number it's a much more um 
congenial. You know, you build a fellowship mm. much more easily. Yeah, yeah. Well, it felt very much like people, when I just people walked through each other. and brought into it. Yes. You know, and, and you're one of the few groups that so far has responded. I was going to say, I thought they were the only group that's done no, Is this the 100 pound challenge? I think you're the only group that's done it. Yeah, yeah. you are. That's and, a trumpet uh, to blow. And that's the well. next it's, thing it's, I wanted to ask you about, actually. Is yes. your colouring club? Our colouring club. So, how did you? Who came up with the idea? And then, you know, did you did you all decide together, or was it one or two who really kind of pioneered it? Well, to be perfectly honest, the person who came up with the idea was God, because I am <laughs> at art, and I can't remember. But you know what it's like when God wants you to do something; He tends to throw it at you from lots of different directions. Yeah. And this idea of colouring came at me from three different directions in about the space of a week. Um, and we had been talking in our leaders' meeting about the £100 project and what we do, uh, actually, and in the general connections meeting at our summer lunch. I think it came up just before that. Um, and we'd talked about perhaps doing a lunch for the elderly, but actually £100 only does you one lunch, mm. it, which isn't much of an ongoing thing. No. Uh, plus, it's a lot of organisation. None of us were up for it, really. So we talked about a few things. And then, as I say, this, this colouring idea just kept coming at me and I so I said to the leaders um, what do you think about it they all leapt on it and they said it's absolutely brilliant because yeah. it's such a recognized therapy now absolutely. Um, it's a great thing for getting people together for people who are a little bit shy um, and aren't very good at coming into a group of new people you've got something to do mm. they could sit there and not say a word or you can um, chat away merrily while you're doing your coloring mm. you know it's it's to go to a uh, to go to a coffee yeah. with nothing to do except to have to talk to people you don't know can be quite tricky and we really wanted to um involve people who had no connection with the church mm. so i spoke to peter Findlater at jude williams and he said that we could have the coffee shop there on a Wednesday morning so last Wednesday of every month we have a colouring club and our hundred pounds goes on a free coffee which we get at a discounted level um, th the problem I have uh, which is where I actually had to hold on to the fact that this wasn't my vision it was God's is that <laughs> it's been really hard to advertise it mm. it's oh. been very hard to get the the word out um, Lynn wrote us a lovely article which went into Village, Village Voice. Voice I saw yeah. that actually and that month we had five new people who wow. came which oh, was wow. great but then it wasn't in the next month and we were <laughs> back down to two I think um, it, it's I hadn't taken in how difficult it is because I think before, when you've wanted to do something, you've broadcast it at church mm. and everyone rocks up and does yeah. whatever it is. Mm. But we particularly didn't want to do that because it isn't, it isn't aimed at people who no. are already no. in church. No. It's aimed yeah. at people yeah. that we have no contact yeah. with. Um, well, maybe we've got to do something with <coughs> flyers through doors or I something like that. I mean, the thing like that strikes that. me is that well, we could uh, do. when I, uh, um, maybe, I don't know whether it was you were trying out um, some of the things that you were going to use at the coloring club, but when I came into Connections that day, oh, um, yes. there was a lot of people sitting around the table and coloring yes. and talking. Yes. And but what was fascinating was there was a few who I think I don't think English was their first language, and I, it struck me that, that what a brilliant way for people to spend time together, little bit of chat, nothing yes. exhausting. Yes. And yeah, and so perhaps you know that another area because we do get a lot of people in New Malden with English as a second language yep. coming to classes here and things like that yes. so I can imagine that that could be another nice social um, thing for people to do. For people who's, who don't speak English particularly well. Mm. Yeah. yeah and it is quite idea. therapeutic. I mean once colouring yes. in would have been thought of something just exclusively for small children. Yeah. 
and we no, do you know adult coloring books were in the I was looking oh, at the in the um the top whatever it is, the oh, top one hundred on books on Amazon. I was looking for Christmas yeah. present yes. ideas and there were four or five adult yes. colouring books yeah. in the in the top one hundred books. All come along in the last five years or less Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. yeah, I've noticed in the seven up services that once the small children have gone out, the older children like to go and sit at yeah. the table <laughs> and colour in. Yeah. And I think it's because they never do it at any yes. other time. And uh, so you get these eight, nine, ten, eleven-year-olds really enjoying colouring in and seem to get quite a lot of therapy from it. Well, Anna, I don't know whether you were actually going to admit to it or not. But yeah, I have one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anna, got do, one. You do, do you do it when you're particularly yes. stressed? No, I do it. I haven't done it in a little while, actually. But I, I do it sometimes if I'm watching TV. Mm. I'm not very good at mm. sitting still and not doing something at mm. the same time, so it's quite nice. It's a brilliant yeah. thing because you actually don't need any skill. And the pictures that you colour, they're very intricate, aren't they? Yeah. And so you don't really need any skill, but you can produce something that looks beautiful. Do you make all your own decisions about what you colour or does it tell you what colour? That can be crippling for some people, I think. Yeah, I struggle sometimes choosing colours. If you're a perfectionist and you you don't want to spoil this beautiful Well, because when I'm colouring, I'm sat next to someone who's looking over my shoulder going, oh, I don't know if I would have chosen that (laughs) colour to go with that. Yeah. So I actually feel feel more stressed after I've done it. The problem, the problem is that actually the, uh, who we were sort of aiming at, really, was um, ladies of about probably 50 to 70, because there's not all that much going for them. Yeah. Mm. And actually, the colouring uh, craze is taken off by much younger women, isn't it? Yes. On the whole, it's, it's the right. sort of under 30s who yeah. do it. Mm. And women of 50 to 70, it takes a bit of a while for them to get their head around that they can yeah. actually yeah. do colouring. Yeah. Mm. When they come, they love it. Yeah. So, so that's um, good. So, uh, yes, every last Wednesday of every month in Tudor's mm. coffee shop. And a free coffee. And a free so coffee. So people don't need to sign up in advance no, then, come. do they? Yep. Just turn yeah. up? Just turn up. And then yes. what about connections? If people want to find out more about going along to connections yes um who do they speak to uh, you they, they speak to you speak to me or any of the leaders but it's probably i usually put my head above the parapet yeah. uh yes speak to me and it's every other wednesday it. in the lounge in term from time from nine thirty. is it well that's the general idea yes <laughs> uh it's meant to start at nine thirty, okay. and uh, lynn and i and a couple of others are there providing coffee and everyone turns up at about 10 o'clock. <laughs> but if anyone would like to come at 9.30, I would be more than delighted. <laughs> and I guess if you want to figure out which of the every other Wednesdays, there are little flyers in yes. the church. That yeah. in the lounge, yeah, under the notice done a beautiful board. Uh, poster. Mm. And well, you rejected the first one, didn't you? We rejected the first one it because we said... You felt uh, you all looked too much like Judy Murray, didn't you? It wasn't even that good. <laughs> <laughs> we all looked very middle-aged and grey-haired, which we didn't feel. Nathan. I needed to visit, clearly. Yes. I, had no idea. I had no idea. So we sent it back was. and said we'd like some younger women and we'd like some people who uh, were of different uh, nationalities yeah, well, In all seriousness, well. when it came back, I, I was thinking, okay, well, who, who does go to this? And, and I did pop my head in and it really influenced me trying to find a picture because... Um, it is one of the more diverse groups that we yeah, have at church brilliant. in age and in ethnicity and in all sorts. It's really, um, yeah, it's great. I think at one stage in my group, I had eight people. Two of us were English and the others were all a different nationality. That's mm. cool. It's brilliant. Mm. Brilliant. I love it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you found a very nice photo in the end. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very pleased with it. Uh, <laughs> we look yeah. quite young. <laughs> 
Well, we're going to move on now to talk about um, to talk about music, specifically um, singing at the eleven o'clock service. Now, Heather, you are, I think, the only singer at Christchurch who has been specifically requested for special events. You recently <laughs> asked to sing at a funeral, weren't you? Yeah. yeah I, so I'll, I'll tell you about that. That was David Brooker, uh, who is a lovely guy who died yeah. recently. Um, and uh, his wife, Janet, had the funeral at Christchurch and said to me when I visited her, David absolutely loved Heather's singing. Do you think she'd be prepared to sing? And I said, well, I think, you know, if she's available, she would. And, and that, was, that must have been quite moving. It was, it was a real privilege, yes. Um, I knew David and uh, Janet well from 11 o'clock, although mm. David hadn't been able to come for quite a while. Um, and, yes, bless him, he always used to comment on singing. He, he loved music. Janet mm. chose some beautiful yeah. music for his funeral, didn't yeah. she? Yeah. Um, and it was, a, it, was, it was a real privilege. I used to sing at weddings, but I seemed to be requested for funerals. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. Might be something to do with age, I think. <laughs> so have you always been a singer? Yeah, well, I have always sung, yes. My father always used to um, remind me, when I started school at the age of four, we lived in Singapore, um, I used to come home from school every day and stand in the middle of the sitting room floor and sing at the top of my voice. Wow. This Aww. little short, carroty-topped girl. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever song we'd learnt that day. So, Aww. yes, I've always sung. Okay. Always and I sung. guess, being a, a Fickers daughter, they seem to get nominated for all sorts of things that, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I was one of those daughters. Although <laughs> I went to boarding school from the age of 10, so that was only in the holidays after a while. Okay. Mm. Did and you really have a good singing teacher there, or...? At school, yeah, had a very good singing teacher at school, yes, uh, called Miss Brooke. Uh, she was very good because she there was a sort of phase in those days of trying to overdevelop a young voice right. um, and turn you into a young opera singer, and she very much taught me how to produce my voice but still have um, a girl's voice. Right. Mm. Yeah, mm. She, was, she was great, very inspiring. And um, what, what do you see um, as your role as a... a as a singer at the 11 o'clock service, what in for you, what is that all about? Is it about leading the congregation in singing or is it some, sometimes you sing without the whole congregation singing as well, don't you? Do you do that sometimes for communion? In communion, or, yes. Um, so what, what do you see as, as your role? I think I, I, I would think I see my role as leading the congregation, but also being um, a bit of a connection between usually Andrew, who's on the piano or the organ, and the congregation. It's not so easy for him to see them. Mm. Um, and so it's, it's, a, it's a connection. I, Andrew, Rolf, and I have sung and played together for quite a long time. And so I know by what he's playing, uh, when he's going to want us to come in, and if he's going to repeat something at the end, and where he's going to repeat it from. Um, and so I've, I think my job is to communicate that to the congregation mm. right. um, so that they can look at me and think oh yeah okay we're going back to that bit mm. otherwise you get a bit lost yes um, yeah and it, and it is um um visual communication it actually is. as yes. well as sort of what you're singing isn't mm. it actually it I, is. I think um you know the singers at the front play quite a crucial role in giving a congregation confidence 
yes. about singing yes. up. Really. Yes. Well, there is nothing worse than in worship than when it just feels like the band are off in one place and the congregation are in another, and, yes. and you're almost observing some people worship and yes. instead of mm. joining yes. together to yes. worship. So I think that's a really, really important, Im- important part of the job, actually, is to enable people to worship better. Mm. And particularly at 11 o'clock, a lot of the ones songs that we sing, we've all been singing for a long time, but the words are just amazing. Mm. Um, and it's too easy to, to just sing them off parrot fashion. So, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do see that as another part of the job, really, just enabling people to worship through the music. Mm. Um. One of the things I'm interested in, Heather, is can singers be be made, or are are they more born? You know, I mean, obviously, someone, some people are tone deaf, and they're not presumably going to be able to to overcome that. But do you think that more people than not can be taught to sing relatively well? I think y- you you are born to sing in tune. Yeah. Some people aren't. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) maybe a lot of Um, but a lot of that can be learnt Um, I think there is a great joy in singing and Mm. I don't think we had um, a long time ago um, we we used to have a meeting called Alternatives which was um, for women to get together Mm. it wasn't spiritual really it was just to get women together and um, I led that too Uh, so we asked the group what would they like to do and they said we'd like to do something on singing um, so Monica Cooper very mm. kindly came and, and um, did us a morning and we all sung. And, you know, going around that group, all those people said, no, I can't sing, I can't sing. Um, why can't you sing? Well, when I was in primary school, mm. I was told, yep. I was tone deaf, I couldn't sing. These women were sort of 50 yep. and they'd spent all their lives because at four Aww. they'd been told they yep. couldn't sing. Yeah. Yep. And yet, you know, everyone can sing, one tune or another. Mm. And I think everyone ought to be able to enjoy singing it's a great mm. way to praise god it's a great way yeah. to it is lift spirits because it doesn't always you know i have a few friends um that i definitely won't name but who <laughs> who clearly really enjoy singing despite the fact that they, they can't really very well but yeah but uh, it are you talking happen. about me i lived with a friend who um he was in the room above me and oh yeah. It was well. Anna's heard of this <laughs> as well, but <laughs> but it, it would often be a bit late at night, which was the unfortunate <laughs> bit. But you know, he would he would pick up his guitar and he would well wheel away, I guess. But <laughs> but he was like really really yeah. into it and really enjoy. So there must be a, on a level that that even when whether it sounds different to you, or I don't I don't know what, but that people can enjoy it even. Yes. And yes. I'm sure God must enjoy it. Whether I think it's you just you get <laughs> self-conscious, don't you? If you feel like other yes. people are listening, um, I think most most people, even if they didn't admit it, most people probably love to sing when they're in the car or they're in the shower or yes. where, yeah. you know where they're in yes. a little bubble and they don't think anyone can hear them. And then it's it's when you're standing quite close to people in church <laughs> that you think. It's amazing this destructive <laughs> yes. criticism that you're talking about because I've met people in their 70s and 80s who are still hurt by yes. the fact that they were told when they were younger they couldn't sing. And I think there must have been a little bit of an anti-singing feeling around um, for people to be discouraged to that amount because I just meet disproportionate amounts mm. of older people mm. who were told very firmly, don't sing when they were younger because you can't. Mm. Yeah. And, mm. and particularly women, actually, I found it, it really hurt them. I don't know that I was really ever explicitly them. told that, but I remember you know, fairly recently you know, when I was in well, primary school, it's not that long ago, that... Uh, 
they auditioned us for the choir. Mm. It wasn't just, you know, do you want to sing? Come, you're in the school choir. And, and no, mm. it was, they made us all stand up, sing, and then you'd either get a letter home saying they're going to be in the, do you want to mm. be in the choir or not? Mm. I don't know whether that's still yes. what schools do. But well, it I, seems think, a I think if you have got somebody who's tone deaf um, singing next to you, unless you're a really good singer, it's really quite hard to keep a tune. I've sung in a, um, in a choir once next yeah. to someone who was tone deaf and we all were completely lost, actually. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I think some filtering... You have to put them there. Perhaps, yeah. Though, I mean, you're talking about five-year-olds. Oh, right. You know, how good is the choir going to sound, really, anyway? Well, they're aiming for BBC Choir of the Year, aren't they? Yeah, Yeah, perhaps, (laughs) that's it. There was a choir a few years ago that won, and they were small children, and... um, the presenter was talking to the uh, leader of the choir and she said, how do you manage to get all these children who sing so beautifully in tune? And she said, oh, they don't. If you listen, uh, you know, you'll find there are some in there who actually can't really sing, but they just love it and they have a lovely smile on their face and yeah. I want to include them. And Aww. she said, it doesn't Brilliant. matter, all the others make up for it. Right. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. that's yeah. what I would hope, that, you know, yes. that's absolutely. Yeah. But it's um, not always mm, the case. No. And yeah. she's right. I mean, they sounded beautiful. Yeah. And there's that guy, is it Gareth Malone, you call yes. him? He's, he yes. goes around workplaces and all sorts. And, you know, it's, there's been a lot of TV shows where he's making choirs yes. out of non-singers, you know, and it's quite amazing mm. what he's able to achieve. I mean, I think it is a confidence thing. Really. I, I, I do wish the congregational singing was better at Christ Church. Um, and I don't think it's particularly brilliant at any of our three services, actually. I think we get away with it at 9.30. Um and I think we get away with it at 6.30. Um, but, but none of our congregations, I think, are really that good at mm. singing as congregations compared to previous churches I've, I've been in. And I, I don't really know why. I can't believe that it's really to do with the composition. I, th- I think there's a, it's, a confidence, it's a confidence issue. Um, and, and often if you're surrounded by confidence singers in a congregation... Mm then I think that does lift the singing. And I think what we do need at Christchurch is people who can become good singers but lead from within the congregation Mm. as well as having really good singers up the front. Mm. And I I would like our singing to improve by about 70% 70% and I and I think it could and it and it should really it's funny and it, the singing's always good during the um during the children's song where it seems a lot better and I think children aren't as self-conscious yeah. are they well, so it, they you don't to. really care yes. what your you singing see, well, voice right, is like with when that you're children's little. song at 9.30 because of the actions everyone's got to join in and I think you're really on something there Anna I think everyone became becomes really animated in a way that really we want with all the singing. Mm. Um, and I guess know, there's a kind of lack of sophistication in a good way um, yeah. with the children's songs yeah. that mean maybe mm. frees people mm. to, yeah. to just enjoy But the it. organ is a, is a tremendous instrument for giving confidence to a congregation because it gives loads of sound and can really lead strongly. It's yeah. like having an orchestra mm. all in yes. one instrument, yes. isn't it? So I think the organ should be able to supply that power and, and energy. Um, but I think probably what our congregations need need to do is 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 to sort of take it a little bit more seriously, really. Uh, that if we're going to sing four or five hymns, we might as well sing them really well mm-hmm. uh, and really, really go for it. So a bit more energy is needed, I think. Mm. 
Well, following on from this a little bit, um, we're going to talk about nativity plays. So I think probably all of us have been in a nativity play at some stage in our lives. Some of us probably put on a better performance than others. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, Stephen, you have probably been to a couple of nativity plays lately, haven't you, at Christchurch Primary? I've been to five nativity five. plays in this last week. Wow. Yep. I absolutely love it. It's one of my favourite uh, weeks in the whole year when Christchurch School do their nativities. And on Tuesday, I went to reception. On Wednesday, year one. On Thursday, year two. And on Friday, the two nursery classes, I went to their two nativities. Um, and they're an absolute joy. I, I really enjoy every single minute because you see these kids, very often it's the first time that their parents have seen them do something independently. Mm. So the parents are incredibly moved that their young five, six-year-olds yeah. go out on stage, sing, dance, say lines, are brilliantly sort of coached into this by the teachers at Christchurch School. Um, but also they're incredibly moving because they are sort of acting the, um, at Christchurch School, it's always very, uh, very much the sort of nativity story. And um, it's done in a really moving way. All of the plays are really variety, a sort of Christianized version of Rudolph, really. Um, <laughs> in other mm -hmm. words, there's some sort of character in the Christmas story, whether it's the innkeeper or one of the shepherds or um, one of the angels. So one of them was called, yeah, Whoops a Daisy Angel was one about this angel who was dyspraxic, I think, and <laughs> tripping over and having lots of accidents, but was chosen to be the angel that would appear to the shepherds okay. or whatever. Um, and there's, you know, um, the, uh, the donkey that couldn't smile or whatever yeah. like that. Um, and they're actually really, really touching portrayals of the transformation that comes into people's lives through encountering Jesus. That's basically the plot of most of these mm. um, nativities. And the children perform them with so much enthusiasm and relish and spirituality. And you see the parents really moved by it. Um, and uh, yeah, so I love every minute. I see my major job is to go and beam approval <laughs> and to <laughs> laugh and cheer the loudest um, and then try and get to, up to as many kids as possible and, and tell them they're fantastic. But it's easy to do because they are just so tremendous. And I think... It's Christchurch School at its absolute best. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there are other schools around doing excellent nativities as well. But I think if people wanted a snapshot of what makes Christchurch School so special, then the week they do their nativities is, is pretty much the best indication mm -hmm. of that, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there is something just uh, so amazing about the enthusiasm, as you say, that they throw into it. And the kind of... Um, give it a go sort of attitude yeah. that they approach it with. I mean, one of my favorite stories I've ever heard about a nativity story was uh, about, you know, these, these kids who were the wise men and uh, the first kid goes up and, and accidentally kind of takes the second kid's line where he says, I bring gold. <laughs> and he's thinking, oh, that's my line. And, and you know, if, if an adult was in that position, I think he'd probably go up and say, well, I bring gold and, you know, try to highlight that the other guy made the mistake or I don't know what an adult would do, freeze. But the other kid, uh, next kid steps up and thinks, I don't know what his line was, but I'll give it a go. And he says, um, uh, Frank sent this. <laughs> 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 it's like, I bring gold, I bring where Frank sent this. <laughs> but it just kind of really highlighted the, the attitude that kids bring to it. They kind of, yeah. you know, yes. yeah, just so much My favorite, My favourite story from the 70s is one Andy Black told in the sermon about a kid who was the innkeeper. 
and uh, decided to improvise. And uh, Joseph calls uh, at the inn and says, oh, let me in. And the innkeeper goes, no, no, sorry, it's full up. And Joseph starts improvising and says, look, look, I'm really desperate. You know, my wife's about to have a baby. And the innkeeper says, look, sorry, mate, it's got nothing to do with me. To which Joseph then says, it's got nothing to do with me either. <laughs> <laughs> That's Nandy Black, Jude, from his sermon on Joseph a few years ago. Oh. <laughs> uh, my primary school didn't do nativity plays. We did Christmas plays, but I didn't go to a church primary school. So the only nativity plays I've been in were at church when I was mm. little. Um, and they were kind of very straightforward nativity plays. I was usually like an angel or a sheep or something like that. But in my school Christmas play, the, the role I remember most of all was being a Barbie, which seems really <laughs> odd when everyone else is talking about their nativity <laughs> plays. Yeah, I was a, ba a ballerina Barbie and I had to dance with a boy called Andrew who was a toy soldier. I remember being very upset because I had to hold his hand in front of everyone. So how old were you, Anna? Uh, I was in the infants. I think I was in year two. And the, in year one, probably the most the most Christian role I had in a, in a school Christmas play was the year I was a candle. <laughs> <laughs> That's the churchiest well, thing I ever got to be. <laughs> yeah, I know. My brother yeah, got to be head toy maker and he got his picture in the newspaper. Uh, yeah, and he's younger than me. I know. That was the year I was a Barbie. Mind Humiliating. You, 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 you've dressed up as Mary for our, for our children's carol service. Yeah, you? So and last year I was, a w I was a wise woman. Yeah, that's when Nathan dropped his frankincense. Uh, he did, yeah. Frankincense yeah. On the <laughs> way into the church, smashed it everywhere. <laughs> there was a sweet smell or whatever for months. We haven't decided what we're going to be this year. Yeah. It took me all of Saturday last year colouring in our crowns that we wore. Yep. Yeah, so, so well, Stephen, I, I was saying I'm not sure I was going to dress up this year, and he said it'd be a waste of a beard. Not oh, yeah. <laughs> With beards have to come yeah. in costume, otherwise, you know, what's the point of having the beard? Find a tea tile somewhere, Absolutely. I'm sure, a dressing gown. So, um, Heather, you've got grandchildren, don't yes, you? Yes. Are, are they big enough yet to be in nativity plays? I went to my first little nativity play uh, this week for oh. about 30 years. Wow. <laughs> yes, our, uh, well, our two oldest have both started school, proper school. And um, so I went to the granddaughter's nativity play, which was a proper nativity play. And I was very impressed. They had 60 little four-year-olds. Wow. And they all had a line to say, except the ones who obviously couldn't quite be trusted with lines. <laughs> so they were shepherds and kings, and they just walked around. Um, but they all sort of had something to do. There was a wonderful little boy who was a king, and he had a, a beautiful um, face. He was a little black boy. And he'd obviously been chosen as a king because he just looked like a king from the Orient. Oh. And he had this lovely gold crown on. And he had a face like thunder. The whole no. time. <laughs> <laughs> he was not happy to be there at all. Oh. And it's he had to be dragged around. Yeah, it's oh. always one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh dear, I thought he was going to throw a complete whoopsie. But, um, <laughs> it is quite nice when you see them, though, yeah, sort um, of breaking the fourth wall and waving up yes. their parents. Yes. Yes. Stuff yeah. Like yeah. That. Yeah. yes, yes. The year I was a Barbie, someone wet themselves, which uh. took the attention away from me having to hold Sounds hands with show. Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> Was it wasn't. I'm not going to name. I'm not going to name my primary yes. school, but it probably no. wasn't the most talented right. bunch. I was, I was Mary when I was about five, mm. and we lived in a little village in Surrey, and um, it was only a tableau. We couldn't be trusted with movement or words. So <laughs> we just had to sit there. And um, the butcher always provided the sheep, which was the sort of cardboard cutout that said New Zealand lamb at the bottom, <laughs> which was at the front of the stage, and um, the the. Um, uh, Verger, who was stone deaf, was in charge of putting the lights on and off. And all I remember is this little voice saying, Lights, Mr. Sell. 
lights, Mr. Searle. <laughs> lights, Mr. Searle. Because <laughs> he couldn't hear anything. Put the lights oh. on. Joseph was standing behind me as Mary and was promptly sick all down my back. <gasps> oh, no. Yes. That was my starring role. <laughs> One and no two. We'll have to give you another chance to be Mary. Thank yeah. You. Well, you could dress up as Mary on there Sunday you go, morning. Yeah. Well, then you can come um, as Mary. Um, Barbara Griffiths told me that it still upsets her it's like the singing thing we were talking earlier that she never got the chance to play mary yes. as a little girl yes. and so i've yes. got to give her that chance i've been yes. saying that for 12 years yeah well, well that's the nice up. thing about the children's carol service that you can Everyone choose what be you're going to be yeah, no yes. one, you can, it's huge liberating you, want to yes. be. you don't have to be yes. tall i yes. find it a bit crippling though I'm <laughs> too, too many I love choices it. my costume for that is uh, being made at this very moment Ah. But it's embargoed what I'm going to be. Is that Jen? Oh, yeah, top secret. Yeah, Jenny Cropper making yes. costumes for myself and Susanna Sluman, who is coming over from Guernsey to be my sidekick again. Not psychic, but sidekick. <laughs> sidekick. <laughs> yep. And that's this Sunday it at 9.30. And then in the evening, yep. we've got Carols by Candlelight, we haven't have. we? We have. Yeah, I mean, it's, I love that Sunday, <clears throat> excuse me, before Christmas, um, when we have these two very contrasting carol services children's carol service i believe is really really important i mean um children are very very important at christchurch hopefully that's fairly obvious but i think it's really really important to have uh, not just things that children do but that the adults join in with the kids stuff mm. and so if we're going to ask the children to come dressed up i think adults should as well and i think part of the magic of that children's carol service is that we have you know, dads and mums coming in with their kids dressed, you know, with a tea towel on their head or some even more adventurous coming as wise men. Um, we've got a few pregnant Marys, which is good, you know. Um, they, Harriet Morgan's always a pregnant Mary. She carries that off very well. Um, and I think she was asked if she was pregnant two years ago or when her baby yeah, was. She was yeah, she was, yeah. <laughs> Trusted GP. So, 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 you know, the Children's Carol Service, yeah, wonderful occasion. It's somewhere between a nativity and a pantomime, and that's deliberate. Um, and then in the evening, you know, big contrast, Carols by Candlelight, which is, which is a wonderful service, very, very different. Um, and uh, I think you've been hard at work on that, haven't you, Heather? You're part in of the, the choir. choir. We have, yes, yes. Claire Jaggers is knocking us into shape. Very mm -hmm. nicely. Is no, she quite strict? Because uh, she's a deputy head teacher, isn't she? So. She's. I wouldn't say no. She doesn't bring her her teacher's strictness to bear very much. So no one gets kept behind. I was no. because I, I had to pop yes. in just on. Nathan uh, came with this cardboard Tuesday box, there. which I'm told is called something quite exciting. Oh, the oh, the on. I decided that it was beyond the song that that I was going to accompany was beyond my skill oh, level. No, have you so been no, dropped no. from the carols by Candlelight? Well, I I actually um, he Andy, dropped himself. Yeah, Andy Black oh. is going to give it a crack instead, but it means I get to sit down and enjoy just. But right. I was I sat at the side and, and on, on my box and and listened for quite a little while, yeah. and and it sounds just beautiful. Yeah, it's mm. good. Really looking forward yeah, to it. I, I, yes. And in between songs, if people got chatting and they were ready to go, uh, Claire did have a little kind of clap yeah. and then oh, everyone said, it was very... Yeah. yeah, and it's, you know, it's probably quite unusual to have someone of that age, you know, in charge of the Carols by Candlelight. Mm. You know, Claire's mm. only early 30s. Mm. I think and she's been um, helped by Helen Collins quite yeah, a lot yeah, this year yeah, as well. Yeah. Helen yeah. mm. does a lot of... Actually, behind and in front of the scenes, sort mm. of admin work. She's brilliant you too. You think a huge amount of printing. She's been in and out oh of the office gosh. a lot as well. Well, yes. the thing I, I really liked walking much. into the rehearsal on Thursday night was seeing so such a diversity. Mm. Yeah. So this mm. year, I think it's just been brilliant. And I think this was Helen Collins who really pushed for this, trying to get lots and lots of people who uh, were new singing. Yes. So lots yes. and lots of 9.30 yes. people, not just women, a couple of 9.30 blokes. Uh, Nick Tutton was there and Matt Postlewaite, who sung last year and... 
Penny Woolacott and um, Kat Beston, Catherine Shrimpton. So it's great, these new people. There uh, are, it's great. There are people, people from every service, yeah. but there are also people who've never sung in a choir before and don't yeah. quite know what they're doing and which part of the music they're meant to be reading. And mm -hmm. that's great. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's exactly yeah. what it should be, really. Mm. Um, a good spread. No, it's about 40 of us. It's terrific. Yep. Makes a great noise. So that's what time on Sunday? Uh, Sunday night at 6.30. And we and it's followed by mulled wine and mince pies. Yeah, it is, yeah. yes. In the lounge. So the, the, it's funny, the alcohol ban at the church seems a long time ago now. But, of course, most of your time at Christchurch, yes. you'd have lived through that, wouldn't yes. you, Heather? That yes. Actually, no alcohol apart from communion. No, we had tea and coffee. Tea and coffee, yeah. But and we did um, have homemade mince pies in those days. These days, there's a competition as to see if you can tell which ones come from Lidl and which come yeah. from Waitrose, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Or do they all? But that, that will be a well, really actually, I think last Christmas, Little won the taste test on their oh. mince pies. Yeah, so Little, Little yeah. aren't bad. We get most of our grapevine food from Little. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, the ones tonight at Cinema Club will be Aldi, I think. But I'll, yeah, come yep. along, see if. Yeah, it's <laughs> a wonderful life at Cinema Club. Mind yeah. you, this yeah. would have gone Christmas out. Christmas special. That yeah, that's yeah. true. Mm -hmm. If you weren't and there, you missed out. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then we have got uh, we've got a couple more Christmas services. So um, we've got the Midnight Communion, which happens on Christmas Eve. Yeah, it starts at eleven o'clock, despite its title. But it goes over, <laughs> over into midnight. the early hours. It used to start at eleven thirty when I came here as curate. Yes. And it would go on forever. And then you'd have to set up the whole of the lounge for the new start service. I wouldn't get home till about half two. Weren't you worried that you might see Father Christmas on the way home? Well, that was You're not that supposed was to be out quite so late. Yeah, I, went, I walked her. I crossed Coombe Road with my eyes closed. <laughs> That's and, good. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd expect nothing less. <laughs> and then, of course, there's the, the service on Christmas Day. So that's a 10 o'clock service. That's a united service. Yeah. Um, as usual. I think that's the best service of the entire year. Um, we very rarely get to be here. Yeah, I, it's it's a wonderful occasion. Uh, what you get is um, you get all your regulars, um, often with their families. Mm. So it's nice, you know, you're there with your yeah. mum sometimes, yes. aren't you? Your and and um, Elizabeth Hill's mum, who's one of our most enthusiastic sort of non-members, mm. um, and uh, you see a lot of people there, very very happy, all sitting together with their uh, nearest and dearest. And it's a very, very light atmosphere. Mm. And it means it's a very easy atmosphere to lead a service in, to preach, um, because it's like you've had a massive warm-up act. Uh, I suppose Father Christmas has already provided that. <laughs> um, and, yeah, it, it, it's wonderful. It's definitely my favourite service of the year, closely followed by the children's uh, carol service. Mm. Um, and Easter Day is wonderful as well. But, yeah, I think Christmas, Christmas Day service at 10 o'clock is, is fantastic. And then um, it's worth mentioning as well that on the 27th of December, which is it's the Sunday after Christmas, yep. um, there is going to be a church service, but it's, another, it's a united service in at the morning 10 at 10 o'clock, yeah. and there'll be no evening service yep. on that Sunday. No evening uh, service. So if you turn up at 6.30, you'll be on your own. You just find empty doors. You <laughs> yes. have to go over to the pub. You will, yeah, over <laughs> to the pub. Um, but I'm afraid that's all we've got time for this month on Look Who's Talking. But do remember that for more information about Christchurch, you can visit our website, which is C cnm.org we're also on facebook facebook.com forward slash christchurch new Malden, and you can follow us on twitter at ccnm news uh, but all that's left to do is wish all of our listeners a very happy christmas see you in 2016 <laughs>